Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hey everyone, Ernie Bray here with a, another episode of Focus on Claims. And today I have an interesting guest, Tony Villa of InsureSoft. He's the CEO. They are a core systems provider. And I wanted to have him on because uh, we're doing some work with you guys. And I think it's a really interesting entrepreneurial story and kind of an exciting story of where the company is headed. So, Tony, great to have you on today. Hey, thanks, Ernie. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be so, here. Hey, well, thanks. Hey, tell me a little bit. Who is Tony Bell? Tell us about you. <laughs> well, I guess I, uh, I would describe myself as uh, uh, the son of a, a diesel mechanic that's always been naturally um, inquisitive and uh, a fan of Lifelong learning, I guess. And uh, I think uh, when I was when I was growing up, I never dreamed to be in insurance software, but uh, yet here we are. And I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't happy. think we ever all think we're going to get in this industry, do we? we? All of a sudden you end up in there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've been in the insurance software space, uh, oh, geez, dating back to the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I began uh, my career after grad school um, in healthcare of all things. I was doing uh, patient accounting, patient management uh, implementations for Siemens. And I really got interested in uh, the software side of the business. Wow. And uh, I was uh, was doing consulting work. So I was on the road Monday through Thursday, then Friday, and then through the weekend. And uh, I stumbled upon uh, a company called Applied Systems that happened to be in my backyard here in south, uh, south suburbs of Chicago. And um, as I got to know them a little bit more, I, it felt like there might be a, a good fit to fight, uh, despite the fact that uh, I didn't know anything about property and casualty insurance, but I was assured, hey, it's all third-party reimbursement. You can figure it out, right? Just like healthcare. So I started with Applied back in the late 90s. I was the uh, uh, initially the director of their carrier systems product. Uh, Applied had two divisions, the agency management uh, division, which was kind of their bread and butter. And then also a, a relatively new group called uh, uh, the Insurance Carrier Division that uh, had a flagship product called Diamond. Um, I was with Applied for a while, eventually became the EVP of product management and marketing and was part of the management team that sold Applied to Vista Equity Partners way back in, uh, in 2004. As part of that uh, transaction, we were spun out um, as the carrier division, uh, really operating as a standalone business. It was a uh, a uh, different set of challenges, no longer part of, uh, you know, at that time, I think Applied was about $120 million company. And when we were spun out, we were about a uh, $5 million company. Same people, same intellectual property, same, uh, same customers, and uh, just a great challenge. So I was excited to, uh, to be offered the opportunity to, to become the CEO of InsureSoft, which again was the former yeah. uh, operating division of Applied. So, so, you, you, so you got into that position then. And you were now the CEO and, you know, you're obviously a smaller company at that time. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the InsureSoft, what the, at that time, what were you guys doing and how you're sort of transforming? Yeah. So at that time, I think we were, we were still quite, quite young and figuring mm-hmm. things out. Uh, we were a core systems provider and, and really kind of a one trick pony mm-hmm. in the sense that we had a policy billing and claim solution. It was all tightly integrated, and that was largely what we did for uh, personal lines companies. So, so when we uh, when we started back in 04, the the goal was how do we diversify the the business? How do we modernize the uh, the platform um, and, and make ourselves a, a bit more appealing to a, a wider audience? So, I think the the, the first set of uh, tasks that we took on were 
diversifying the product offering. So we built out uh, product portals. So an agency portal, consumer portal, uh, mobile became more important as we went on, as well as uh, data warehouse and data marts. So it really started to round out our product offering. And then we looked at how do we make these standalone modules so that they're easier to implement if somebody wanted to implement only a claim system or a policy and billing solution. So we decoupled the solution. And then lastly, uh, we partnered with one of our, uh, our long-term clients to build out commercial lines. We had uh, yeah. primarily been focused on personal lines. So uh, we, had, uh, we had a great opportunity with a strong partner uh, to build out commercial lines. And I think that along with uh, migrating the, the platform to .NET uh, really helped kind of position us to be uh, uh, what I describe today as core and more. So what would you say, like, if a client was choosing, they're out there on the market and they're looking for a core systems provider or, you know, a solution like yours, what would you say is a differentiator that you at InsureSoft are trying to do and really you feel that separates you from, you know, other companies when somebody has a choice? Because I know everybody has choices out there. What is that differentiator you'd say? Sure. I think this, the, the, the landscape has changed tremendously over the years. When you think about core systems, um, way back when we first began, you know, being able to perform an auto sequence endorsement and showing people what the deck page looked like and the rating calculations, those are all kind of oohs and ahs. But mm -hmm. as, uh, as the, the, the technology has improved and the level of sophistication by insurers and trying to personalize uh, products, um, I, I think there's been a commoditization to a certain degree of uh, core systems products. So now everybody has the basic blocking and tackling. It's really about uh, how open is your system and how easy is it to connect to third-party partners as part of the insurance value chain. So um, the open architecture, RESTful APIs, uh, being able to quickly integrate with, uh, with new insure tech vendors as well as incumbent solutions uh, is really important and a, a differentiator for us today. Uh, but I would also add that um, uh, we have 100% implementation success rate. I think that's another uh, real distinguishing uh, characteristic for our group. Uh, once we start with a, a carrier uh, or an MGA, we really feel strongly that we can get them live. Uh, so speed to value and, and, and kind of a, a post-production certainty, I guess, is the, the way to describe it, um, has, has really helped us. And I think our people... Uh, have a unique ability to, um, to to kind of move between the insurance side of the business and the technology component. So having a repeatable process and being able to decipher what a client is uh, is seeking uh, within the, the the core functionality and getting it configured quickly for their use has really enabled us to uh, to, to to be well positioned to continue to deliver for insurers of all sizes. I think our our client base really spans the continuum. We have startup MGAs all the way to some of the largest uh, uh, insurance carriers and brokers on the planet. So I think our solution really has the ability to kind of scale up or scale down based on what so, the client needs. So it's a good fit then. And so we know, I've seen a lot of, you know, there's startup carriers out, they're just getting their feet wet, they're getting funding They're So that's a fit that you guys can work with as well then. Is that right? Like it, it various is. sizes. You know, the, the litmus test for us is we have a prospect who understands what it is they're looking for, mm -hmm. um, and they, uh, they're willing to kind of take the solution that we have out of the box to a certain degree, and then work with us to, uh, to build out, um, you know, maybe the, the components that might be unique to them. But I think the, the clients that really do well with us are the ones that 
understand the business of insurance and really understand what it is they want from a, uh, a core system. Um, those, those are the ones that, uh, that, that really seem to, to, to go live quickly and uh, have been long-term clients with us. So, so, you know, this kind of goes in, in the aspect what you were talking about a little bit earlier, and you were saying that uh, where Insuresoft was and what you're seeing more about partnerships and where the company was going and where it's heading. Do you see a lot more where, um, like ourselves and you and other companies, there's that more API, the more integration or capabilities to work with other platforms is becoming more of an important feature that customers want these days? Do you see that? Absolutely. Possible? I think if you look over the, the course of the last, uh, probably even just five years, but maybe longer. Um, the, the the old mantra was, if we don't have it, we'll build it uh, mm-hmm. for they, uh, that particular client. So I think a lot of vendors were trying to figure out how they could be everything to everybody. Yep. And the speed in which things are changing has uh, has really reshaped the way people think about, uh, you know, fun- functionality that extends your core product. And now we recognize we don't really have to be everything to everybody. We really should focus on what we do best and partner with folks that, uh, that have a, uh, a very specialized uh, product offering. So that, um, that, that change in mindset, along with the improvements in technology and the ease in which we can integrate has certainly created kind of this uh, uh, ecosystem that everybody talks about. Yes, it's funny you say that because that's what, I've written some articles about that last year and that's what I'm really seeing across the board too as well. It's about really the partnerships and companies working together because a lot of, you know, companies or insurance companies out there, they have some defined things they want. And by companies such as ours working together, you can really help those clients achieve what they're looking for. And one thing I've encountered too, is I see some startups, you know, we've talked to in, in the past, and they're out there trying to figure out how do they get going to build a claims solution? You know, it's easy to, in the idea to start an insurance company, Hey, I'm going to start this new insurance company that does, you know, all these little features out there that, you know, everything's different. You know, drive by mile, drive by this, but when it comes down to it, you got to be able to have something that can manage the whole process for you. And I think when I see people say, I'm going to go it alone, I'm going to build my own claim system. What are some, just, are there any downfalls you see when people try to go out there and they spend money and they try to build something and realize, Hey, you know what, why not try to work with somebody that's already has something out there? Yeah. I, I think it's always been a, a question, right? The buy versus build. Yep. Um, I think people have have kind of shifted their thinking a bit in terms of what they're looking to build. They're looking to build things that are very narrowly focused um, and not necessarily an entire claims module, because it doesn't make a ton of sense when you see how many uh, vendors are in the space today that are in production with clients that have, you know, great technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really begs the question, is that the best use of my capital? to go yeah. in uh, and build a, uh, or attempt to build a better mousetrap. So I think the, the pitfalls are, are fairly common. We always talk about uh, technology projects in general uh, tend to have a, a high uh, potential to, to run longer than expected, mm-hmm. to cost more, scope creep. So I think those are, those are things that uh, folks that are just getting into the space often find out once they uh, start heading down that path. And, and maybe it's at that point that they pivot and start looking at, okay, Maybe I don't need the, the, the core claim system, but it's only a, a first notice of loss capability that right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in building. So I think those narrowly defined projects that, uh, again, extend the capability of core systems, those mm-hmm. are great partnerships for us. Yes. So, you know, I know you guys got acquired in, I think it was late 2019 and partnered with Valeris. Uh, tell us a little bit about that whole uh, process or, you know, what, you know, what, the, what happened and where it's going to help yeah. the company. Yeah, it was interesting. We weren't really looking for a, a, a transaction. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, had a, a tremendous amount of success over the past few few years. We've uh, we've not only grown in SureSoft, but we also started uh, two sister companies. So Red Hawk is a systems integration company that we began largely to help uh, fulfill some of our implementation project work for InsureSoft customers. And I think the, the pleasant surprise there was not only were we able to uh, do work on behalf of InsureSoft, but we also were beginning to do projects outside of InsureSoft. So uh, again, building some capacity in terms of resources and, and subject matter expertise um, uh, was part of the plan for Red Hawk. And that was back in uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. And uh, based on the success of, uh, of Red Hawk, we, we also started down the path of building out a, a BPO, Business Process Outsourcing Group in Coveneer. Um, and really what we found, Ernie, was the, the InsureSoft clients, long-lasting, deep relationships, oftentimes they would come to us for things that weren't necessarily tied to core. And, uh, and, and in some instances, they were, were fairly closely aligned. So for example, with uh, the systems integration work is obvious in terms of the support and maintenance, but on the uh, on the print side for BPO, the fact that InsureSoft uh, facilitates print on behalf of their insurer clients, mm -hmm. it made it an easy introduction to, to BPO. So so we had uh, we had successfully kind of grown the InsureSoft business as well as these two sister companies, and uh, and had started kind of down the path of a, a portfolio, if you will. And we were also working on building out the, the next company in, uh, in Caboodle, which was a, a data initiative for us. So, so we were making great success. We were doing all of this kind of on our own self-funding. And uh, along comes Valaris. I had, like all other uh, uh, core systems vendors, I think uh, I was uh, getting hit routinely by private equity groups and folks interested in acquiring. But a lot of times when I, when I spoke to different groups, they didn't really understand insurance. Um, they, they had a thesis or they liked the space, uh, but they, they didn't really understand the business of insurance. And when I spoke with Mike Dufton, who heads up the, the portfolio for the insurance and benefits group within Valaris, it was clear he understood the, the business and really liked what we were doing. Mike was the former CEO at Majesco um, and had some, some very strong convictions about kind of the direction of where insurance was headed. And he said, look, we, we'd really like to have, have you guys become part of the team we already have some existing uh, insurance assets and our goal is to, to build out uh, an even bigger portfolio and we like to be a billion dollar uh, uh, company in about 10 years. So we had a strong growth mandate. So we, uh, we kept talking and, uh, and ultimately uh, that process led to us getting uh, comfortable with Valaris and the team and the integration approach as well as the, the, the post-transaction strategy. And, as you mentioned, it was uh, it was consummated in uh, November of 2019. I'm happy to say that uh, everybody that was with me, as far as the senior leadership team pre-close, is with me post-close. Uh, we had a strong management group, really um, uh, well positioned for people like Terry Brown, Jeff Brown, uh, Steve Adams, Dave Squibb. Uh, they were all kind of presidents of the different uh, sister companies. Um, so they've been given this great opportunity to, to kind of take and lead their businesses going forward in what we call vertical business units in the, the Polaris world. And it gave me a great opportunity to, uh, to look at not just continuing to oversee the businesses, but uh, to get more involved in um, M&A. So uh, finding like-minded people and companies that can uh, help us uh, continue to build out our uh, product and, uh, and solution set. That's awesome. So that's I mean, focus on. 
That's awesome. So you, when you look back, you know, now I want to switch a little bit over to what, you know, some of the entrepreneurial side, because, you know, you, you know, the vision of where you're going with the company and where you guys started out. And a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you think back and you go, wow, I can't believe I've come from point A to point Z already. And a lot of people just see what you are now. Like you've got the Valeris helping and helping, you know, accelerate growth and, and take it to this next level. But Take me back. This is for entrepreneurs out there. These are for people in, in maybe in the industry. Uh, they're looking to get in the industry. They're starting out. Take us, you know, we all hear the good times. I want to hear a little bit about some struggles that you had uh, when the year, in the younger years. So show me, tell me a little bit about some of the things you overcome that people don't realize out there, you know, to really, to make a, make a name for yourself in this, in this industry you know, for InsureSoft. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the struggles are real. <laughs> Um, I think the, the, the biggest challenge for us in the early days was how do we work on the business and not in the business? We were a very uh, you know, small group of individuals that were kind of working to deliver on behalf of our clients. So a lot of times we focused on the tactical and that was um, you know, how do we deliver implementation A, B, C, and how do we you know, find the, the right people to, to bring on board? So it was a it was a balancing act between customer management and uh, in trying to figure out how we scale the business. So when I talked about the diversification that we did, mm-hmm. I think it was um, it was longer than I would have liked to to get some of those new products to market. Um, it was uh, a bit of trial and error to a certain degree because we were you know we were we were doing a lot of the work internally. We never outsourced any of that build out. Uh, we were trying to work with partners like Microsoft to help kind of guide us and avoid some of the, the, the setbacks. But I think that um, that's always the, the, the real struggle early on is you know, meeting customer expectations and exceeding customer expectations uh, while also looking uh, further out to, to, to figure out how you want to scale the business. So I think you know, those, those are some of the, the high level challenges that we face. And I think there's you know, the, the typical challenges that smaller companies face in terms of, you know, how do I get uh, an HR department? So I've got, you know, uh, yeah. uh, policies, procedures, and, and start to mature my company. How do I look at security and developing, a, you know, uh, into a SOC 2 level compliant company? How do I meet those obligations? Um, so a lot of those, those kind of uh, bigger, bigger ticket projects beyond kind of the, the product roadmap. I think mm-hmm. are a real struggle for people when you're balancing a small number of resources because you're you're self-funding. I think that was the that was the other key. We we were very intent on, you know, not taking outside capital. Uh, we really wanted to, uh, uh, to to kind of both grow uh, top line, but also have profitable growth. And weaving in initiatives really kind of forced us to to think about how we prioritize those and and tackle the ones that uh, we felt were. Um, near term and could be aligned with uh, with our customer base. So, so what would you say then for somebody that's a, maybe a new startup company, not in maybe not in the core system space, but just in the technology space? What, what advice would you give them when they're just trying to get in? How do they start to get their name out? You think you know what would be some ways to you know try to elevate their visibility in an industry that's you know it's pretty relationship based, and you have to kind of take some time. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, the best approach, especially now in the, the COVID area, is to uh, to partner with incumbents and others uh, to develop um, kind of brand awareness. So being part of an ecosystem, part of 
you know, somebody's uh, partner network and allowing that, uh, that, that kind of uh, brand awareness to, to happen organically. I think it's, it's hard just to go out and, you know, most, most folks don't have the, the capital to uh, successfully do uh, kind of brand campaigns. Those are always difficult to, uh, to justify if you're a, a startup, uh, but leveraging your, your partner network, um, certainly uh, lots of activity in social media uh, to, to raise your profile. But I really think it, it happens um, naturally when you've got a, a, a client that will tell your story for you. Mm-hmm. We've always said that, you know, our, our best salespeople aren't uh, the ones that we hire, but instead our clients. We want uh, prospects talking with clients because um, I, I think they do a much, much better job. Uh, no point. offense to, to Josh and the team, but um, I, I think they do a much better job telling our story than even we do. So I think those... Um, those customer proof points uh, are, are absolutely essential. And even if it's just a, a pilot and somebody can, can kind of talk about uh, the great work that you've done and being able to deliver and kind of meet expectations, I think those are the ones that you really want to get behind and kind of promote. I think those, that's some really good points. I really think if you're a, an insure tech starting out out there, that's some, Tony just gave you some really good points. That's the key. You got to be patient and you got to try to really build those relationships out there because that's what the, really the industry is. So as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I'm going to continue on the entrepreneurial side here. Sure. As CEO, I'm a CEO. We do this. You know, a lot of people say, okay, that these are the people that are running the company. Do you, I'd like to know, is there anything that you did at InsureSoft that people wouldn't really expect a CEO to do, like in the trenches of the early days of doing things? I mean, like you, like a lot of times people would be surprised. Like I will pick up the phone and call customers, like even adjusters just to check in. And I, I don't say who I am at first, but just to say, how's the service going? How's it, you know, do this. I'll take phone calls. I'll do things um, to help, you know, the staff out, even when we're in, in the, in the younger years, doing the things uh, to help the company grow. Are there some things that you did at InsureSoft that people would be maybe surprised that you would be doing as a CEO that, you know, you may not do now because you've put people in those places. Uh, but that'd be interesting that an entrepreneur would realize you got to wear many hats. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the, the leaner days, the, the many hats theory is, is hundred percent correct. I think the, the best example I can give is we had a, a large customer with a uh, a, a big deliverable that was absolutely crucial for us. Mm-hmm. And the amount of testing that we had to do uh, to make sure it was successful was, was quite honestly beyond the, the scope of resources that we had. So I remember uh, kind of rolling up my sleeves, being in the office and doing testing side by side with our group. And really everybody in the, uh, the, the company at a certain, at a certain point yeah. uh, was, uh, was working on kind of warboard testing uh, building policies and uh, all that fun stuff, not just during the week, but we also had people coming in on the weekend. So, so the fact that you're, you're doing things that, um, that, that you're asking others to do things uh, that you're willing to do yourself and showing the, the team that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not just delegating, you're, you're also kind of working side by side with them is, uh, it, it, it is something that I think is natural to most entrepreneurs. Um, and, and we see this uh, with our customers as well. We always get great results when we have people from our team sitting yep. side by side working with clients because I think they, they get a better appreciation for just how much we care about their success. I agree. You know, that, that, that mentality is when you're willing to get in there, that shows the clients that you care because you got to take that personal touch. So, you know, Tony, it's been great having you on. And I, I love the insight you've given and hearing about the InsureSoft story. So as we close here, tell us, you know, 
if you know somebody's interested in a core system and finding out more about InsureSoft, let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you or anybody in your team and how they can find InsureSoft. Absolutely. It's uh, easy, InsureSoft.com, or you can email me directly and I can get you in touch with the, the right folks. And I'm Tony.Villa at InsureSoft.com. It was like I said, it was great having you on, and we're looking forward. I know we have some integrations that we're, we do with you guys, and we're looking forward uh, to the future on that and helping our mutual customers. And it was great having you on today. Thanks again for having me. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Thanks. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.